Hello, second graders. We're going to dive back in and finish chapter one and head into chapter two today in Ramona Quinby, age eight. If you remember, she was at her first day of third grade. She'd had a bus ride that she was very excited about, but it got a little bit ruined because she lost her pink eraser and um, somebody found it, a boy that had been behind her kicking her seat and he'd kept it. And she's pretty sad about that. Ramona's new room was filled with excitement and confusion. She saw some people she'd known at her old school. Others were strangers. Everyone was talking at once, shouting greetings to old friends or looking over those who would soon become new friends, rivals, or enemies. Ramona missed Howie, who'd been assigned to another room. But wouldn't you know, that yard ape, Danny, was sitting at a desk, still wearing his baseball cap and tossing Ramona's new eraser from one hand to another. Ramona was too frustrated to speak. She wanted to hit him. How dare he spoil her day? All right, you guys, quiet down, said the teacher. Ramona was startled to hear her class called you guys. Most teachers she had known would say something like, I feel I'm talking very loud. Is it because the room is noisy? She chose a chair at a table at the front of the room and studied her new teacher. A strong-looking woman with short hair and a deep tan. She's kind of like my swimming teacher, thought Ramona. My name is Mrs. Whaley, said the teacher as she printed her name on the blackboard. W-H-A-L-E-Y. I'm a whale with a Y for a tail. She laughed and so did her class. Then the whale with a Y for a tail handed Ramona some slips of paper. Please pass these out, she directed. We need some name tags until I get to know you. Ramona did as she was told, and as she walked among the desks, she discovered her new sandals squeaked. Squeak, squeak, creak, squeak. Ramona giggled, and so did the rest of the class. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Ramona went up one aisle and down the other. The last person she gave a slip to was the boy from the bus, still wearing his baseball cap. You give me back my racer, you yard ape, she whispered. Try and get it, Bigfoot, he whispered back with a grin. Ramona stared at her feet. Bigfoot? Bigfoot was a hairy creature ten feet tall who was supposed to leave huge footprints in the mountain snows of southern Oregon. Some people thought they'd seen Bigfoot slipping through the forest, but no one had ever been able to prove he really existed. Bigfoot, indeed. Ramona's feet had grown, but they were not huge. She was not going to let him gay with this insult. That's superfoot to you, yard ape, she said right out loud, realizing too late that she'd given herself a new nickname. To her astonishment, yard ape pulled her eraser out of his pocket and handed it to her with a grin. Well, with her nose in the air, Ramona squeaked back to her seat. She felt so triumphant that she returned the longest way around and bent her feet as much as she could to make the loudest possible squeaks. She'd done the right thing. She had not let Yardape upset her by calling her Bigfoot. And now she had her eraser in her hand. She would probably be called Superfoot forever, but she didn't care. Superfoot was a name she'd given herself, and that made all the difference. She had won. Ramona became aware that she was squeaking in the midst of unusual silence. She stopped mid-squeak when she saw her new teacher watching her with a little smile. The class was watching the teacher. We all know you have musical shoes, said Mrs. Whaley. Of course, the class laughed. 
By walking with stiff legs and not bending her feet, Ramona reached her seat without squeaking at all. She did not know what to think. At first, she thought Mrs. Whaley's remark was a reprimand, but then maybe her new teacher was just trying to be funny. She couldn't tell about grown-ups sometimes. Ramona finally decided that any teacher who would let Yardape wear his baseball cap in the classroom probably wasn't very fussy about squeaking shoes. Ramona bent over her paper and wrote slowly and carefully in cursive, Ramona Quimby, age eight. She admired the look of what she had written, and she was happy. She liked feeling tall in her new school. She liked, or was pretty sure she liked, her non-fussy teacher. Yardape, well, he was a problem. But so far, she had not let him get the best of her for keeps. Besides, although she might never admit to anyone, now that she had her eraser back, she kind of liked him, sort of. Maybe she enjoyed a challenge. Ramona began to draw a fancy border, all scallops and curly cues around her name. She was happy, too, because her family had been happy that morning and because she was big enough for her family to depend on. If only she could do something about Willa Jean. That's the end of chapter one, second graders. Chapter two is entitled At Howie's House. Remember, this is where Ramona has to go after school until her mom or dad can come and pick her up. It's like the babysitters. Now, be nice to Willa Jean, said Mrs. Quimby as she handed Ramona her lunchbox. Grown-ups often forget that no child likes to be ordered to be nice to another child. Ramona made a face. Mother, do you have to say that every single morning? She asked in exasperation. Deep down inside where she hid her darkest secrets, Ramona sometimes longed to be horrid to Willa Jean. Okay, okay, I'll try to remember, said Mrs. Quimby with a little laugh. I know it isn't easy. She kissed Ramona and said, cheer up, run along, or you'll miss your bus. Being a member of the Quimby family in the third grade was harder than Ramona had expected. Her father was often tired, in a hurry, or studying on the dining room table, which meant no one could disturb him by watching television. At school, she was not sure how she felt about Mrs. Whaley. Liking a teacher was important. Ramona had discovered when she was in the first grade that that's the truth. And even though her family understood, Ramona still dreaded that part of her day spent at Howie's house in the company of Mrs. Kemp and Willa Jean. Those were the bad parts of the third grade. There were good parts too. Ramona enjoyed riding the bus to school and she enjoyed keeping Yard Ape from getting the best of her. Then another good part of the third grade began the second week of school. Just before her class was to make its weekly visit to the school library, Mrs. Whaley announced, Today and from now on, we are going to have sustained silent reading every day. Ramona liked the sound of sustained silent reading, even though she was not sure what it meant because it sounded important. Mrs. Whaley continued, This means that every day after lunch, we are going to sit at our desks and read silently to ourselves any book we choose in the library. Even mysteries? Somebody asked. Even mysteries, said Mrs. Whaley. Do we have to get book reports on what we read? Asked one suspicious member of the class. No book reports on your sustained silent reading books, Mrs. Whaley promised the class. Then she went on. I don't think silent, sustained reading sounds very interesting, so I think we'll call it something else. 
she printed four big letters on the blackboard. And as she pointed, she read out D-E-A-R. Can anyone guess what these letters stand for? The class thought and thought. Do everything all right, suggested someone. A good thought, but not the right answer. Don't eat a reader, suggested Yard Ape. Mrs. Whaley laughed and told him to try again. As Ramona thought, she stared out the window at the blue sky, the treetops, and in the distance, the snow-capped peak of Mount Hood, looking like a giant licked ice cream cone. R could stand for run, and A for and. Drop everything and run, Ramona burst out. Mrs. Whaley, who was not the sort of teacher who expected everyone to raise a hand before speaking, laughed and said, oh, almost right, Ramona. But have you forgotten we're talking about reading? <gasps> Drop everything and read, chorused the rest of the class. Ramona felt silly. She should have thought of that herself. Ramona decided that she preferred sustained silent reading to dear, D-E-A-R, because it sounded more grown up. When time came for drop everything and read, she sat quietly doing her sustained silent reading. How peaceful it was to be left alone in school. She could read without trying to hide her book under her desk or behind a bigger book. She was not expected to write lists of words she didn't know so she could figure them out by skipping and guessing. Mrs. Whaley did not expect the class to write summaries of what they'd read either, so she did not have to choose easy books to make sure she would get her summary right. Now, if Mrs. Whaley would leave her alone to draw too, school would be almost perfect. Yes, sustained silent reading was the best part of the day. Howie and Ramona talked it over after school and agreed as they walked from bus to his house. There they found two of the new friends he had made at Cedarhurst School waiting with their bicycles. Ramona sat on the camp's front steps, her arms clasped around her knees, her sustained silent reading book of fairy tales beside her, and looked with longing at the boys' two bicycles while Howie wheeled his bicycle out of the garage. Because Howie was kind and because Ramona was his friend, he asked, Ramona, would you like to ride my bicycle to the corner and back? Would she? Ramona jumped up, eager to take a turn. Just once, said Howie. Ramona mounted the bicycle, and while the three boys silently watched, teetered and wobbled to the corner without falling off. Having to dismount to turn the bicycle around was embarrassing, but riding back was easier. At least she didn't wobble quite so much, and she managed to dismount as if she were used to doing it. All I need is a little practice, thought Ramona, as Howie seized his bicycle and rode off with his friends, leaving her with nothing to do but pick up her book and join Willa Jean in the house. Now that Willa Jean was going to nursery school, she was full of ideas. Dressing up was one of them. She met Ramona at the door with an old curtain wrapped around her shoulders. Hurry up and have your snack, she ordered, while her grandmother was sat watching television and crocheting. The snap snack turned out to be pineapple juice and rye crisp. A pleasant change for Ramona, even though Willa Jean stood impatiently beside her, watching every swallow until she finished. Now, I'll be the lady and you be the dog, directed Willa Jean. But I don't want to be a dog, said Ramona. Willa Jean's grandmother looked up from her crocheting, reminding Ramona with a glance that Ramona's job in the Quimby family was to get along at the camps. Did she have to be a dog if Willa Jean wanted her to then? You have to be the dog, said Willa Jean. Why? 
Ramona kept an eye on Mrs. Kemp as she wondered how far she dared go in resisting Willa Jean's orders. Because I'm a beautiful, rich lady, and I say so, Willa Jean informed her. Well, I'm a bigger, beautifuler, richer lady, said Ramona, who felt neither beautiful nor rich, but certainly did not want to crawl around on her hands and knees barking. Well, we can't both be the lady, said Willa Jean, and I said it first. Ramona could not argue with the justice of this point. All right, what kind of dog am I supposed to be? She asked to stall for time. She glanced wistfully at her book lying on the chair. The book was supposed to, she was supposed to read at school, but which she was enjoying so much, she brought it home. While Willa Jean was thinking, Mrs. Kemp said, Sweetheart, don't forget, Bruce is coming over to play in a few minutes. Bruce who? asked Ramona, hoping Willa Jean and Bruce would play together and leave her alone to read. Bruce, who doesn't wee-wee in the sandbox, was Willa Jean's prompt answer. Willa Jean! Mrs. Kemp was shocked. What a thing to say about your little friend! Ramona was not shocked. She understood that there must be a second Bruce at Willa Jean's nursery school, a Bruce who did wee-wee in the sandbox. As things turned out, Ramona was saved from being a dog by the arrival of a small boy whose mother let him out of the car and watched him reach the front door before she drove off. Willa Jean ran to let him in and introduced him as Ramona expected. This is Bruce, who doesn't wee-wee in the sandbox. Bruce looked pretty pleased with himself. Mrs. Kemp felt a need to apologize for her granddaughter. Um, Willa Jean doesn't mean what she says. But I don't wee-wee in the sandbox, said Bruce. I wee-wee in the... Never mind, Bruce, said Mrs. Kemp. Now, what are you three going to play? Ugh, Ramona was trapped. Dress up, was Willa Jean's prompt answer. She dragged from the corner a carton piled with old clothes. Willa Jean shoved one of her father's old jackets at Bruce, handed him an old hat and her blue flippers. She unwound the curtain from her shoulders, draped it over her head, and tied it under her chin. Then she hung a piece of old sheet from her shoulders. Satisfied with herself, she handed a torn shirt to Ramona, who put it on only because Mrs. Kemp was watching. There, said Willa Jean, satisfied. I'll be Miss Mousie, the beautiful bride, and Bruce is the frog, and Ramona is Uncle Rat, and now we're going to have a wedding party. Ramona did not want to be Uncle Rat. We're going to stop there in the middle of chapter two. Ramona's in a tough spot, isn't she? She has to get along, but you are in second grade. Would you want to play with that little girl? I think not. I'm glad that Bruce, who doesn't wee-wee in the sandbox, is there to play with her. Maybe they'll leave Ramona alone. We'll read on the next day to find out. Thanks, second graders.